0: Welcome to Hindsight. I'm Corey Carter. And I'm Ron Fool. Let's get it started.
1: On this podcast, we've hacked hundreds of entrepreneurs' hindsight to help you, the listener, with better foresight. Now, Guys, if you wanna know all about what we can do to help you focus on being you, head over to gethhm.com.
0: Keep pushing through those ups and downs that we all will have. We're still gonna have amazing conversations with amazing people. Hindsight hacking boils down to amazing conversations with some amazing people. everybody. Welcome back to Hindsight Hacking. And today we are joined by a very special lady, the one, the only, Miss Kat Stancic. Now, if you are ready to toss out complicated, overly automated tech and funnels that are expensive and time-consuming to build, but never work as people told you they would, and honestly make you want to tear your hair out, I love all of that. I had to read it line by line. So, but so you get a meet cap today. We're going to talk about all that. She's going to share the simple and strategic approach to consistently fill your pipeline. We're going to talk about a couple of her programs, lead boss CEOs, so if I remember that correctly off the top of my head, action incubator. I mean, we've got all kinds of fun stuff that we're going to get into today because if anybody listens to the show and likes Mission Impossible, you're going to want to head over to actualincubator.com right now actually not right now because you got to wait till the end of the show you got to listen first so cats thank you so much for joining us today we're super excited to chat today
2: thank you for having me i super appreciate it and really appreciate both of you showing up because you know you never know if you're both going to be there or not so
1: <laughs> true, true that is a true statement <laughs> but sometimes it's weird when we both show up sometimes but anyway No, it's good. We are super stoked to have you. And uh, I can't really wait to get into it. But before we get too far into it, why don't you uh, take a moment to introduce yourself a little bit more, tell everybody a little bit more about your backstory?
2: Sure. So I was always successful and massively, you know, recognized worldwide. So, I mean, there's not much struggle that I went through. So, you know, not much backstory there, but, you know, fine. If I need to open up a fairy tale experience, let's go ahead and do that. All right. So, you know, I leaving the psychiatrist kind of couch experiences behind or on the side, if you will, because they're all there for every single one of us. If you think that someone has it all together, then you're probably looking at the wrong version of their story. So let's not pretend that we're all beautifully and amazingly capable. I went through my own little cocoon struggles to become the butterfly or the amazing person that I am. But really a lot of my background came from living someone else's expectation, right? So like, What was it that someone else or we thought someone else wanted us to do? And that's kind of the path that I started living. So I, yes, went to college and got my MBA and got a big, high corporate, fancy paying gig and kind of the pot at the end of the rainbow wasn't the treasure that I was actually looking for, right? Yes, I was living a dream. Absolutely. I mean, there were so many benefits and so many things to be grateful, yet my soul was dying a little bit every single day so i got out of the corporate grind by starting to open up the windows to opportunities so so many times people talk about doors of opportunities sometimes it's a little crack and i might end up cussing so just go ahead and put that r weight wa- warning on the, the podcast yeah. right now <laughs> are. we're expert we don't know what the fuck's gonna happen all right so like <laughs> Basically, I started working part-time in my business of setting it up, getting the foundational components in place and transitioning out of my corporate gig. And I am super appreciative of everything that I have because, you know, having high level clients, you go through a lot of experience You manage hundreds of people on teams and things like that. You really get an understanding. And I think I went through what most entrepreneurs do, which is completely discrediting everything I learned, all of my achievements when I started down my entrepreneurial path and just basically feeling like I was a newbie in the world. And really just, I invested really heavily right off the bat into my business, 20,000, 10,000, you know, lots of commas and the things that I invested in and really never got that ROI. And essentially I came down to a place, $30,000 in debt. You know, I had other debt in terms of college and an MBA and really looking at, I'm not making it, this isn't happening. And I really can't keep up this facade anymore, pretending like things are going well, and I've got this new client and all this other stuff. And I made another scary investment in my business when I absolutely thought I couldn't. And that's when everything turned around. It's how I went from having $14,000 years to $100,000 quarters. And it was really about establishing the foundational aspects of business that had never really been explained to me, particularly when it comes to organic lead generation. And so kind of over time, as I learned from different people and gathered my own experiences, I created a path that is flexible for my clients to use, right? So it's not this one size fits all. This is the only strategy that you'll ever be able to use. It's about saying, here's the buffet. Which of the pieces do you want to consume? And let's get to eating. I might be hungry. So (laughs) that's where that analogy came
0: from. We're going to have a lot of food analogies, folks, today. So just get ready. All right. Bad, um, bad day for me to start fasting. I know. <laughs> Luckily your fasting doesn't start yet. Right. Is I know. It? It's great. You got, you got like one last meal before, but, but Kat, let's talk about that a little bit. As far as learning from others, transitioning to doing things that you, you really wanted to do versus what others wanted you to do. Who was your guidance? Who was the person or people that you started to really latch on to? And obviously they might do, be doing different things than what you do, but who are some of those people and kind of what was that process of, of learning and a reason why I'm asking that question. Cause Ron and I believe so much in, you know, keeping our minds sharp and learning and not learning from just anybody and everybody, but having specific, you know, people to teach us specific things based on their expertise. Uh, so I, I just, I love when I'm hearing people talking about their journey and learning. So uh, yeah, just let us know.
2: So, you know, I first have to start with the people I shouldn't have. Right. Mm -hmm. So there's, especially in the entrepreneurial world, I think a lot of people kind of get this, but they don't get this until afterwards. For the most part, family members and friends are not safe. Right. Like we want them to believe in us. We want them to be proud. We want them to celebrate us, which is why we kind of keep going for beatings and getting disappointed as much as like my mom wants to be able to support me. She just doesn't get this world. And so for her example, it's, it's safer for me to have a job than it is to be my own boss. And she absolutely supports me, but she doesn't celebrate me in the way that I receive because it's not the way that I want it. I want the fanfare. And if I went to my business best friend and said, Hey, I did this. She'd be like, Oh my God. I'd be like, yeah, right. Keep loving on me. And my, I tell my mom and she's like, that's great, sweetie. And I'm like, wow, oh. <laughs> why don't you love me more? That's the first thing that I had to learn really quickly, right, was that those were not the people. And so I think that's what kind of led me towards my first investment was trying to find my tribe. Like, where were these people? It had to exist. There had to be people out there who were like me because so much of my life was spent feeling like there was no one like me. Like, let's not go back to high school and grade school. Right. Like the entire experience up to this point was I'm the weird too much person. And I know there's a lot of people out there where it's this duality that exists within us, which is I'm too much and I'm not enough all at the same time and always in the wrong way. So looking at that, I started, you know, making those first initial investments and, you know, did I learn, did I get clarity? Sure. I'm not going to like name bash or anything like that because there is always value to be had in every investment. It's how you choose to look at it. And it's kind of actually why I started doing what I was doing because most investments aren't bad. It's just, there's a piece missing. And that's the piece I focus on because when you learn what I do, then you make those other programs actually work better for you. So like, are funnels bad? Absolutely not. I have funnels. I have automation in my business, but it only works because those things amplify what's working in your business. Right. And so i looked at what each time I make a decision and make those investments in my business, I really look at, is this something that I need, that I need to do or someone else needs to do? And if it's something I need to do, how do I learn it as fast as possible? So looking at making those intelligent business decisions now, back then it was, who was someone who believed in me? Even if it was a big old lie, because there are a lot of silver tongued snakes out there. I refer to them a lot of times as bro marketers, right? So their best interest and most, you know, sincerest loving selves show up until you get the credit card number. And then they basically tell you to F off. And they don't deliver. Right. And so, yes, we do want to make sales. Sales is great. I like making lots and lots of money because it's a reflection of the impact. It's not just my ability to buy a Lamborghini. Right. And so those are the things that I had to learn first was where do I see someone who's really an integrity and how are they going to support me? Not just tell me what I need to hear so that I give them the credit card number that's who I learned from first in terms of who I went to. And after that, it was really starting to identify what were the missing pieces with me. One of the people that I absolutely was phenomenal and changed a lot of what I did was Adam Urbanski. So I worked with him for a while and then learned a lot of things. And then what I realized, I think along the way was and I think we do this a lot, which I'm sorry I'm talking so much, is that when we buy from someone, especially when we haven't really formed ourselves, even though I was a grown ass adult, I hadn't really formed how to communicate the value of what I did. And basically what we do is, and I did this, is I became like a chameleon. I became a mini version, if you will, a copycat of those people while, it was a pun, while I was identifying my identity. And so along the way, That was actually one of the biggest barriers for me to be able to make money in my business was because I was always being a version of someone else. And why would you buy from me when you could buy from them? Because they created it. It's their source. So basically what I started looking at is how I went from those $14,000 years to $14,000 quarters to $100,000 quarters and months and whatever beyond was by looking at where was I able to stand in my power? And what were the things I needed to release? Because again, I was living out someone else's expectation in my life and just say this. And when I released doing like sales and just stood in generating leads, that's when the shift happened in my business. And so really looking at the people who supported me most often were, I mean, it was my husband, right? I'm really lucky to have that. Like every time I want to make an investment in my business, I just have to say, this is what I want to do. And he's, he's okay with it. And then slowly building that small tribe of people who are going to cheer you on no matter what that's a very long-winded answer to that question
1: it's hilarious it it literally sounds like Corey and i's like exact journey like exact i mean we we started out and you know there was we we decided who we were not going to be by going through other people's stuff we're like ah that's a great learning and everything we took was a learning and there was a couple things that we hated one was like you get in, and they instantly like try to get you into something else. like uh. it, it's not even like you, you haven't even got the statement yet for the credit card, and they're trying to sell you in the twenty five k option over here. Yeah,
2: it's not um, a low dollar. It's not like a seven no, add-on. No, one like, dollar. No, no, it's like hey,
1: this was a hundred dollars. This one is now twenty five thousand. If you want to be my friend, so but so that we said we would never do. And then the other thing we found, I'm just gonna call it shady because I hated it as well you buy something for a thousand bucks to do something right whatever it is but in in four weeks you're supposed to have end product ready to go well they they pump you up for week one week two is awesome then week three they're like well you have to have this stuff in order to do that luckily i did graphics so we saved you know a thousand bucks right there and then the next week where people are trying to, you know, do this next launch thing, they realized it's harder to do the pieces. So now it's another thousand bucks. And we're like, oh my gosh, people are like getting nickeled and dimed. So we're like, everything we offer is all inclusive. Like it's going to, you will leave with everything. Uh And so we learned that from going through the bro marketers. (laughs) Like, to There was so much you said there that I loved that resonated with me. And the whole expectation piece that spoke to me directly because I'm recovering people pleaser and I'm bad at recovering at it, but I tried to be recovering at it. But it's, it's yeah, the same thing.
2: Corey for us, Ron for favors. <laughs> right, right.
1: right, My, my mom, like literally the story you'd said about your mom, like that was my mom all day long. She's like, you, you, you need the good job. Cause I was, I had like the best paying job that I've ever had ever. Right. And I go, I'm quitting. And she goes, why? I go, because I hate it. Like, I I don't want to do it. And she goes, well, what are you going to do? I go, well, we're going to live under this really cool box under this bridge I found. Because she just doesn't understand what I do. And then when she asks, I tell her, and she's deer in the headlights. And I'm like, I just play games on my computer all day. And I get paid to do that. It's fun. And it drives her nuts. That's how I do things. Anyway, so the whole expectation piece. People listening. How did you just get past that? Like, because I know that, you know, I know I'm probably not going to be able to get past that. It's something I always have to continually think about. But how, do you, how did you get past that?
2: So I bet when I share this story, Ron, since it sounds like we're, you know, very similar in terms of our experiences, I bet something's going to hit you and you're going to realize that you probably had a very similar moment. Oh, gosh. So here we go. Ready to go into the inner depths of our soul and our trauma. So the, I remember- On the
1: couch, I'm laying down. We're good. Right
2: <laughs> take a seat relax <laughs> like, this is so entertaining all right basically i remember you know i share some of these stories and a lot of times people tell me you know they appreciate that i share them because i am sharing personal stuff mm-hmm. like this is not just a well, how do i make an add drama to this so this is one of those stories and basically so i was bullied i was picked on all this other stuff and it was horrible and and all that stuff it made me who i am so there's appreciation in the experience But I do remember very specifically, and I was, I think I was in fifth grade, I was sitting in the bathrooms in one of the stalls eating my lunch. I mean, and I'm really germaphobic. So y'all can tell like the extent to which I did not want to be seen socially and being out there. And I was eating my lunch. And I remember thinking, life can't be like this. This can't be it. This can't be how everything else is going to be, which is how it felt. And so in me, and I, when I look and think of it back then, it didn't happen in that moment, but when I'm thinking back on it, I felt like there was this light inside me and life just kicked dirt on it. Right. And so just pile and pile and pile, but it still was there. And if I looked in the right angle on some of the days and the worst of my days, I could still see a crack of light. And basically through going through this entrepreneurial evolution, if you will, it was been some of the best therapy I could have paid for because it's helped really shine my bright. I've been able to not only unearth it, but polish it and bring it out and shine it. Because what it really does is it makes me the lighthouse for other entrepreneurs out there. And it helps me make sure that they're continuing on their path without hitting the rocks that I may have crashed on and had to patch up. And so that knowing, I think really lives in people who have that drive. It's what you call a drive, ambition, determination, high achievers have that knowingness in them somewhere deep deep inside whether they're connected to it or not that this can be better life can be better and along the way we can better the world and that's the thing and so what really motivates me is i believe in my clients the way someone should have believed in me
0: i love that you're talking about how you are caring for your clients like i mean ron and i we've we've built our entire business on we get referrals all the time because we take care of people, right? Like we don't nickel and dime people because we don't believe in that. We, we find a fair price, not just because we want to make a million dollars. Like we find a fair price because we try to do what's most affordable and allows us to keep the roof over our heads. Right. I like all the stuff that's for the best of our clients as, as often as we possibly can. And you know, and that, but that also goes to, we will tell people not to work with us. If, they are not ready for the things that they're asking. And so let, but let's transition the conversation a little bit in that sense to lead boss, to fully Booked CEO, to one of your topics that I saw was overlooked to fully booked, all this fun stuff. So I don't know where you want to start with those kind of three things. Phrases, man. Unreal. Unreal. Yeah. Well,
2: I'm like the queen of the one-liners. Like I'm really, really embracing that. Like I've got these, these zingers and people like, you know, it's, I always get a lot of great reactions. There's one in particular, and I'll, I'll share this one and go ahead and like bust the balloon on it because it kind of set it up this way. So, a lot of times, one of the things that people come to me for is a place where people get stuck. So, my specific process is connect, converse, and close. And so a lot of times like the concept of connecting with people if we keep it at the like if we look at the iceberg like superficial level we can all hit that connection you know request button with people who may or may not be our ideal client but we click it right but where people and people can close and there's a lot of amazing specialists who talk about all the angles of sales and stuff and i talk some of it particularly in the angle of don't sell the way you buy sell the way that your ideal client wants to buy and looking at aligning those and identifying the process. And here's the hack, since you guys are all about hacks, is you can actually sell to every single buyer type before the sales call, and you can automate it. So mm-hmm. like, that's that aspect of things. I know, so now I got Ron interested. So.
1: <laughs> like, <laughs> I I like but all of that can be
2: done. But where people get stuck is actually in the middle, which is in this place of conversation. And it's what I talk about when I say, how do you go from talking about the weather to whether we should work together. That weather to weather turn of the conversation is where most people get stuck because especially when you're doing high ticket sales, like you PS, you're gonna get on the phone for a high ticket sale. I haven't seen or met anyone other than like Oprah, right. maybe Tony Robbins, of people willing to hand over 20, 30, 40, 50 million dollars without getting on the phone with someone. Right. We're not there yet, but I'm saying, right? We're gonna get on the call with people. And the reason that they get stuck is because they don't wanna be sleazy and slimy and pitchy, right? We meet Pitchy Pete on LinkedIn all the time, sliding into the DMs, giving us PTCD, that's Post Traumatic Connection Disorder, and slapping us with a pitch the second we accept connect, right? So how do we show up for people so that we attract more leads? And then once we've kind of started mastering that ability to go door to door, how do we create a firework experience? And what I mean is, how do you basically throw up some fireworks in the middle of the day, if you want, have people stop in their tracks and go, that's interesting, and have them pay attention, which is what effective marketing is.
1: I love that. So attract, don't chase. To simplify it, attract, don't chase.
2: Actually, um, exactly. Which is why I actually wrote a book that says experts never chase. There, <laughs> there you go. Look it for me right there.
1: Once again, we are, we are on the same wavelength. It's kind of creepy. <laughs> like the stories that's we hear. Favorite before,
2: compliment. <laughs> yeah, it, it's awesome. I
1: love it. I love it. No. And, and it makes it, it makes it a fun show. I, I love that you automate things and that's one piece that I think people, the other piece, they're just afraid to ask for what they want and then they don't value themselves truly how they should value themselves. Like Corey and I learned that, the hard way our very our very first pitch we made three levels we always give people options and they didn't even hesitate and took the highest paid one and that was our first like real pitch and we were all excited and I remember telling Craig I think we made a mistake like nobody like we've been in business long enough I've owned businesses we've both ran businesses no one te- no one does that I go, well, they didn't
0: even talk to each other. Like, let's clarify that
1: there's partners. <laughs> yeah, on there's four people on there. They didn't yeah. talk to each other. They accepted and said, let's go. Yeah. So I knew there was a problem.
0: Literally yeah.
1: <laughs> at the end, she goes, I, I would have paid you four times that amount you offered. And my answer was, I know that this was just an, our introductory offer so you guys can try things the next time. It's going to be a little bit more. And so the next time she came back, it wasn't exactly what she said she'd pay me. It was a little bit less. So she still felt like she got a deal. But we learned that you have to value yourself. And the problem with most entrepreneurs or talent people, it comes easy to them. So there's no value to them because it comes easy. And other, I feel other people can do this because it comes so easy to me. However, they can't. That's why they hire a who to do that, right? And you just have to understand, value yourself, understand what it is and be okay not getting the sale. Be okay. I going to add
2: one little comma to that yes. uh, or asterisks, which, and I 100% agree. And I know that there are a lot of people out there who love to do this. This is how they get you buying, right? They basically go and you get on a strategy call, right? And they plan out your million dollar business and you get super hyped and they super simplify and you're like, oh, you just need to close five people at $25,000 a month and then do this offer. And then you're at a million dollars and they keep their calm, cool, you know, radio voice going, right? right? right. And you get super excited. And you're like, yeah, it's totally possible. And then like six months in, you're like, oh, I made a fucking sale. Right. <laughs> I didn't experience that at all.
1: Not at all. Um, so- <laughs>
2: So it's, it is valuing yourself because we've all seen, like, I have offers that I started at like $500 that are now $25,000, right? Is the offer that much different? A little bit. Like, let's admit that my ability to receive between $525,000 was significant. And I think that's where a lot of like, and I know because I struggled with this and still do sometimes, like, I don't want to like placate and just be like, yeah, I'm cool. Everything's good with me. But if I get some fucking pitches after this, guys, I will ram you. (laughs) (laughs) Help me with your mindset. I'm good. All right. Help me. I know where my gaps are. (laughs) (laughs) Call that out. But yeah, in, in terms of being able to receive, so action oriented people, doers, people who are like, how do I do it? If I get a blueprint. I will go and activate it. I will implement all that stuff. Now we know that the gap there is actually making the decision versus flirting with it. But our ability to receive is somewhat, it's that opposite end of the balance, right? So like, I know that every time someone's like, well, you just need to learn to receive. I'm like, "Uh huh." how do you do that? Tell me how. (laughs) And understanding, and then I hate this because I roll my eyes, but then I also say it is also our ability to release. So in order to receive, we must release, but there's that Right. And we have it no matter how close we narrow the gap, because an intelligent entrepreneur is going to mitigate risk. Right. Yes, we do things that are risky, but we mitigate it as much as possible. So we bring the risk where we are and where we want to be as close together as possible. But there's always going to be a gap. There's always going to be some level of leap of faith that you have to take. And I know that I've done it, like playing with my kids on the playground. If I have to jump to a certain place, there's that, like, you know, that tingly body, like stomach dropping kind of sensation. You're like, I don't know if I'm going to make it. I know it's only two feet, but I haven't jumped in a while. Right. Um, you still have to do it. Yeah. It's the Indiana Jones and the temple of doom. The bridge is there. It's just, do you have the perspective to see it and changing your perspective and using the tools around you. He used dirt to be able to validate that there was actually a bridge there, but there was still that moment where he had that doubt, right? And he landed. And that's what we have to do is just have the faith that we've built skill sets over time that will land. And even if we land on our face, we can still get up because we have that skill set too. So how that's called a soapbox right there. Yes, I'm yes. known for
0: those. It was <laughs> so good. how do we get people to truly have that faith, to truly, you know, get to that point where the fear is it's okay? Like let's take that step on put the dirt on it, right? And take the step. Like, like what's what's the magic trick? One to- Just
2: one word, it's confidence. And it's sometimes what, and I remember I had my clients say this to me and when they said it to me, cause it, it, our clients will reveal our superpowers to us over time. Right? Like we, and it's the things we dismiss, just like you were talking about, Corey. And what, one of the things that they said once, and it's always stuck with me is you let us borrow your confidence in us until we build our own. Ooh, I have so much confidence in my client's ability to succeed because I qualify them I work with the right people. I'm not just working with everybody, but I believe in them so much. That's what I was talking about in terms of, I believe in them the way that one, they should believe in themselves, but in the way that someone should have believed in them so that they could believe in themselves. And I believe in them and I, am because I am not attached by their fears. I'm not attached to their limitations. I am only attached to the desired results that they can achieve. It's all within the realm of possibility. It's that light. I see their light. Even though there might be dirt on it, even though it might be tarnished, even though they might think it's good patina, it's not, right? Like, they have the ability. And so because I can believe in them so strongly, it almost creates undeniable evidence that it is absolutely possible for them to achieve. Because we know as entrepreneurs, we love to dismiss all of the evidence that demonstrates that we're capable and look for the evidence that, oh, see, right there, that's why I can't do it, right? That one little ladybug on that tree is the reason why I can't grow an entire garden. I'm done, right? Instead of looking at the harvest that we've already consumed and created, this is a decent analogy, right? And just missing all of that, our stores of food that we already have, right? Mm -hmm. We are plentiful, we are bountiful, we are capable, but it all starts with our belief in ourselves, which increases with confidence. That's what connects us to the possibility.
1: I love that. And I love that you believe in them so much. They can borrow your confidence in them until they get their own. That's, that's just powerful. Holy smokes. I love that. All right. <laughs> you, you talked about you made an investment when you didn't know you can make an investment, you didn't think you could make an investment and that changed your whole business changed everything. What was the investment in?
2: It was is a six thousand dollars investment. It's not that anymore. But you know, when you've got when you're racked with thirty thousand dollars in debt and ninety thousand dollars, hey, it's
1: a good number. That's a good yeah, num- yeah. It's a good number. Yeah.
2: And you know, you got a mortgage, and you've got two kids, right? And, and mm-hmm. I didn't have my third one at the time. And you're looking at, you know, I got to keep working in this in this position that I'm just doesn't. Do everything for me. You know, you're just kind of really looking at the hill getting higher and higher and becoming a mountain. I remember I sat down with my husband. I said, This is something I want. I took, we went out to dinner. We were already going out to dinner. I wasn't planning on buying. I wasn't, I was, I was gonna fucking do it on my own, right? I had made all these investments. I was gonna work it.
1: Right.
2: But I knew deep down inside there was still something missing. And I was tired of feeling like it was me. I was tired of being told, Well, it's working for other people. You just got to try again. And that's not First like, I'm know. what
1: it must be your offer.
2: Yeah. It must be my offer. Well, you know what? Part of it was, it was in my ability to communicate the value of what I do. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. It was my ability and having a consistent message. It was my ability to go out there and actually be consistent
1: No, that's our thing all day long because people will start a podcast because we help people launch podcasts and do podcasts. And they're like, I'm going to do what you guys do five days a week. How about no? The answer is no. Don't do that because you don't know what that takes. Do one a week. Get months ahead. Grow your business. And guess what? Still do once a week. That's all you need. Just Mm -hmm. Just focus on your impact that you're trying to do. Don't add until you get way ahead and you want to.
2: I love what you just said, because it has everything to do with like the business model. There are so many times people think that there's like the membership site and then high ticket sales. Like that seems like it's the duality of like the things that that exist. And there's so much in between. And a lot of what people don't understand is that you do belong in your business basically at the beginning. And everything else is all about your clients. So you belong at the beginning, meaning you have to know who you are, who your expertise is, and what kind of business is going to support your lifestyle. Because I see so many people hustling and grinding and wearing it like a badge of honor. Like, (laughs) I'm sorry, if you're going to talk to me about hustle and grind, keep moving. Like, I don't want none of that energy in my life. Thank you very much. Done it, been there, don't want it anymore, right? Like, delegate and automate the hell out of stuff. But really looking at, are you building a business that supports your lifestyle? People don't all want a Fortune 100 business having a boutique business where it's high touch, high delivery and high ticket is absolutely incredible <laughs> and is perfectly fine and absolutely acceptable to have as a business vision. There are plenty of people making a million, $2 million a year as a boutique company, meaning it's them and a couple people. That's it. It doesn't have to be hard unless you decide that that's how you want to live.
0: Yeah, yeah, 100%. And that's, I mean, for me, that's how I live my life. Even like as an, as an employee, I I was like, the harder I work, the better I'll be like the more promotions I get and the more hard, harder I work. And then the more travel I get and all this stuff I wanted. And it's like, wait a minute, I got this family over here. I'm not even around like, come on, I gotta, I gotta switch things up. And that's, that's what led me to, to meeting Ron as kind of that whole process. And, and so, you know, we are very conscious of be mindful of where you want to get and then work backwards a little bit. Right. And, and so for those, like Ron was talking about that want to do a podcast two, three, five days a week, we're like, well, let's make sure you can be consistent with the first and, and figure out how does that fit in? And then if you want to up it, great. Right. But then how can you fit it in with other stuff you're already doing? Right. Like try to get it all to work. In synergy. So I like
2: giving people a reason why being consistent works. Because a lot of people talk about you need to be consistent. People are like, yeah, sure, I get it, I get it. Consistency is the ultimate risk reversal. That's what people don't talk about. Why do you need to be consistent? Because it takes risk off the table. If you are consistent for yourself and in your business, that's how you're going to show up for that person, that client you're going to work with. If you give people a reason to not buy from you, such as not being consistent, which is one of the most obvious ones then you're leaving a ton of leads and opportunity on the table, right? That, that the consistency is the thread that you're weaving throughout your entire business. If that thread breaks, your whole business breaks. Now, there are times where you can put stuff on, you know, you can automate stuff. You can absolutely repeat and repurpose and re-leverage content. Please make it easier on yourself. I like talking about putting strategic effort into your business to create the ease. Like you guys are talking about with podcasting, create a bunch of episodes, right? Cause you're, you're excited. You're, you're ready to go. You're going to go out and book people, use that energy and that vim and that vigor to get stuff. And then you're going to kind of like burn out a little bit because that's how humans are. And so now you don't have to worry about that because you've created a backlog. You've created space. That's how you use your natural energetic cycles to put that effort into creating the ease in your business. So if COVID happens and you can't work for three weeks because you have three kids under the age of seven in your house for three weeks without any help whatsoever, and you can't do anything in your business, this isn't personal at all, no one knows and it doesn't miss a beat because you got ahead of stuff.
0: Yep,
1: definitely. It, it's. I'm going to keep that recording and we're just going to play that <laughs> <Just a little laughs>
0: over, and over. <laughs> over and over to people. Don't trust us. Listen to Kat. All right, so hindsight hacking, we gotta talk about hindsight a little bit. I wanna I wanna kind of relate it to where you ended up in your business with being the lead boss and and really focused on that piece. Cause A, we we need to talk about that next, but but B, I, I just wanna hear like what's the story that solidified you in what you do now? What's the learning that you had? And you're like, oh, I would have learned that a little bit sooner. It would have, you know, where was that hindsight that, that you, that you have to share? I learned
2: it when I needed to learn it. I will definitely say Mm -hmm. that. And I think that there is a time and place for learning this lesson. I don't know that learning this earlier on would have a little bit earlier on, sure, but not like when I was in grade school or something like that. And the lesson that I really learned um, and wish I had learned a little bit sooner. And I think it was always there, but it was really embracing the power of it was stop trying to improve your weaknesses. Lean in and completely embrace your strengths. It's exactly what was the pivotal moment when I was in my corporate career, where I went from kind of not doing great at a bunch of stuff, doing okay, to just really getting promoted consistently, getting raises, getting recognized, getting awards, you know, actually being able to create space in my day. Like I was in a consulting, like consulting is not like a nine to five, but really being able to say no and letting, I walked, I was consulting with hair like this. In the mm-hmm. professional environment, that just doesn't happen unless you have some clout.
1: right?
2: right. And so that clout started being built when I started saying no, but yes to the right opportunities, right? Because they aligned to my strengths and finding the people that could support me and and, you know, kind of bolster me up. And then basically what I did was it wasn't just me. It was my team that became a powerhouse because I checked in with them and said, what is it that you're passionate about? What is it that you want to do more of? Sure, there's some administrative stuff we're all going to have to do from time to time, but how do we keep doing more of the work that we love and then valuing that at the highest level that we're supposed to? That was like the next level lesson.
1: That is brilliant. I've used that to help team build, like team building pieces. It's like surround yourself with a bunch of people that can do things you can't do. And let's just really focus on what people do well and the team will explode, right? But I've never like put it on myself like that. That's interesting. I'm going to take notes on that one. All right. So you have this amazing program, right? Talk to us about that. I know there's people listening that are like, hey, that A sounds like me a lot. B, that's weird that they're following me around and it sounds like me. So that's weird. But I want to understand how I can get unstuck and how I can move forward. Talk to us a little bit more about the, the actual program and how you help people.
2: Sure. So everything that I do comes back to my system. It lives and breathes within this certain organic environment, if you will. And it has everything to do with connecting, conversing and closing. And so all of those are just absolutely weaved through everything I do. It's about every piece of content either goes deep or broader within those three pillars, if you will. So everything I do relates to that, whether it's working with someone or whether it's, you know, content that I put out, speaking opportunities, all that stuff. And so really I have two main ways that I work with people. One, it's in my group program, it's a 90 day, a revenue accelerator, and it's really about creating the system. So yeah, there's stuff that you're doing, but predictability and consistency doesn't isn't luck. If you're in a place where you're still dismissing your abilities to generate revenue to luck of mm, someone was in a good mood or, oh, mm, I'm not too sure how I did that. It's a little bit of that slap upside the head and be like, no, you did do it. You did it on purpose, and there's a mechanism for you to be able to repeat that success. So that's really kind of the focus of the 90 day is to really create, build, opt, and start looking at how we start optimizing it. Then I do have a mastermind, and I'm very, very selective as to who goes into that. One, it has to be personality fit because this can be a lot. (laughs) It's the perfect amount for some people and actually a lot of people, if you will, and really looks at how do we start leveraging our time more effectively in our business. So yes, there's a system. Yes, there's a mechanism to create success. And we are not always a person that has to do all the aspects of things. And how do we start getting our business in a place where you can start narrowing your focus? Narrowing the amount of time you work in your business to actually increase your revenue. So most times it's, you know, revenue time, revenue time. And how do we start decreasing the time and increasing the revenue? It's about building the systems, the processes and the people around you to be able to do that. And so looking at what are those things, because they're like little things that I like challenging people on, which is you're not the only person that has to sell in your business. You're not the only person that has to market for you. So, you know, like there's ways of leveraging things into creating that ease if you put that strategic effort in. So those are kind of the two levels. And I have a course, but I have the course because I have a course. Like the reality is, is that what is it? Three or 5% of courses actually get completed. Right. So it's kind of like, if you are someone who is really the go-getter and you're independent and you are actually going to fulfill and you complete every single course and you achieve success from those courses, there it is. Right. But at the end of the day, most times is people want my brain on their business because that's what's going to break through those barriers and get you to that other cross the finish line experience.
0: Awesome. So talk, talk to us a little bit about the the marketing that you do for that. Obviously, you have a, a podcast. You have some cool websites. How do you get the traffic to them? What What's, you know, I think you got YouTube. I haven't checked it out, but you have a YouTube station. I failed on that.
2: Yo, so yeah, talk to us
0: about all that stuff.
2: mind blowing answer to that. Are you ready for it? Yes. I use my process to sell my process. time we're done today.
1: Oh no, no, but that that's so true. Like literally it was funny because we, like I, I've said this and I actually got yelled at. I don't remember who I got yelled at for diminishing our podcast. No, 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 it wasn't you. Um, I said, I've said this for two years now. Corey and I left two year jobs because of a silly little podcast. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, you got to stop saying it. it's a silly little podcast. I'm like, have you listened to this show? It's it's kind of silly. I, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's an accurate an accurate statement. But, but they're like, no, you've done this and people are trying to do it. And I was like, yeah, but we've just followed our own rules of how we did it. And and all of a sudden we were everywhere, right? And, And did that take more time? No, it was less time, but the planning took more time. So we planned more and then we executed. So you said something a long time ago in our interview was understand, learn, and execute. I wrote the execute you said something else but you I didn't write it as fast. And I was like, that's a word that I know. We'll use X. Uh, so it's the exact same thing where you you understood something, you learned it, and then you just you actually took the steps
2: to make it happen. Yeah. Right. That's where so, most people get stuck is in the flirtatious area. Right. They're like, yeah, it's really cool. I'm gonna do this thing. And like six months later, it's still not happening. And I mean, it's why you download. So if you're like, that's not me bullshit. It's all of us. Right. Um, if you have free lead magnets that are in your folder, that's like other people's lead magnets or feed lead magnets or whatever it is. And you haven't read it. Guess what? You're not implementing it's human nature. It's almost like a self preservation thing. Actually it's ego. Right. And it's not wrong. It's just there's something there that's triggering you, and you're looking at it, and it becomes maybe unsafe. And so a lot of times it's really getting clear. I love that you talked about spending more time planning because a lot of people just want to get into doing, but then they make a big old mess. It's actually it's like when I'm with my toddler and we're cooking, right? Which is rare because I'm a little bit of a control freak. Don't mix that. Don't break that. Ah, okay, it's hard. It's really. (laughs) But what's what's easier for her? If I lay out all the ingredients and leave them on the counter, or if I take, so that's effort number one, right? Is I'm just going to take everything out and I'm going to put it on the counter. And it feels like a mess because I'm pulling everything out and not putting it back up. Or what if I took the thing and I measured the one teaspoon of salt, right? And I had that there ready for her. And then I did the same thing with the baking soda and da da da, And then I kept putting things back as I used them. Which one gets us to the end product faster? I mean, truly at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter But the thing is, is that we're making something, we're cooking it, we're tasting it, and then we're building upon it. And so, so many people stop with just the big mess that they've made and they kind of take everything and throw it in the trash. And what kind of investment waste is that in terms of time, money, possibility?
0: One last question for me today, Kat. And first of all, thank you. You've you've been fun and amazing. And I'm sure... People will hit the show notes here shortly to head on over to all your fun links that we'll put there. We, I don't know, Ron and I, we, we fully believe and teach done is better than perfect. You know, the action is is better than the inaction, but you still have to take that time to plan and you still have to take that the proper steps to to make sure that the things that you're doing are are worthwhile. But I remember when Ron and I first started in the online space, we're like, oh, we can we can do that. We can do that. We can do that. And we didn't have the the focus. We didn't have the exact idea of exactly how we plan to serve this community. And and we kept starting and stopping and starting and stopping and and really not truly getting anywhere. And I remember we had the conversation, and and it's like you know the whole niche down, and we're like, how is that going to help us? We you limit the people you can serve right but the moment we did it, it was the moment we started blowing up and so so yes we we fully believe in it but i'd love to hear your take on that and and the whole like how how do you get people to really figure out who they serve what they're doing. I assume maybe they already know this by the time they work with you, but kind of what's your take?
2: So I love niching to a certain, and I kind of take a different view than probably what's the standard books and things like that in terms of the recommendation, which is when someone asks me to niche down, I'm kind of a little bit of a a rebel. couldn't tell. When people tell me what to do, it's like, I really have to take a lot for me to be like, I might be like, "Uh uh-huh. And then I go and do something completely different on my own, but I tend to want to look and Instead of, so I niche to a certain level, right? So yes, absolutely. And then for me, it's an energetic connection. So a lot of times when people are like, I can't find my people online. I'm like, well, one you're probably in a lack mindset, right? Because if you think there's only so many people you can work with, then that becomes your reality. And what you think is what you receive. So your ability to expand and get into an abundance mindset, like, and that's a whole other kind of conversation. I'm sure that you guys have talked to many people about, Maybe. but to, to stay specific to this, I would let me give some actual tactical things that people can do because I haven't done enough of that yet. And so, what, what do people think of? Right, they look at the demographics. How much money does someone make? What's their title? Where are they located? How many employees do they have? What's their you know whatever their revenue versus the annual revenue? All this other stuff that is searchable how do you find someone energetically, right? How do you know that you're going to like this person that comes down to values, right? So what are your values? What are my values? Our values? Like one of the big ones that we three have in common is family, right? We time is another value. Impact is another value that we have. A uh, humor is, I mean, all of these are things that I can't search online or can I? What I want people to do is actually open up. LinkedIn, because I work on LinkedIn and Facebook mostly. I've got Instagram and all this other stuff, but those are the my, my two main platforms. And so the strategies that I teach and train people on work across platforms because it's based off of a human interaction. And so the platform is just a conduit to the conversation. You need to write that one down. Right. So, <laughs> right? so it doesn't really matter what platform you're on. You want to make sure your clients are on there, right? That's the most important thing. So open up LinkedIn, right? Which is where a lot of people like to play, especially this day and age. And you're right. going to be able to find the demographics. But they show up a certain way on LinkedIn and a different way on Facebook.
1: Oh, absolutely.
2: And so, Ron, your kid pictures are not on LinkedIn. So mm-hmm. I can't tell that you're a family guy, that you like humor, that you're silly. I told you, Corey, I didn't do enough research on you. But I didn't <laughs> run <and> So like <laughs> next episode it's all going to be about Corey. Yes. But if I open Facebook on your basic profile, there's so much data about who you are as a human being. And so if i take that list of this person kind of looks like my ideal client but then i add on the aspects where i can see the values then that list becomes shorter but it becomes better qualified Mm -hmm. so i can do a ton of qualifying before ever engaging or interacting with someone not wasting their time and most importantly honestly not wasting mine Mm -hmm. because if you just go by demographics i will tell you someone who lives in the same country the same age same relative income status, same ethnicity, and i think the same hair color. Who would you get? Ozzy Osbourne and Prince Charles. <laughs> Different values. Yeah. I mean, if you're not all about like biting pigeon heads, like you may want to go with the other guy. If that's your deal, then, you know, you got your man and it's right. a very niche market. But really taking that and that's where that's another example of strategic effort into creating the eats. So I'm not bogging my entire pipeline and, you know, conversation load, right? With people who are never going to be aligned energetically with me and that I am not going to want to work with.
1: Yeah, that was, that was powerful because Corey and I just recently had to let go of some clients that just didn't fit like the vibe of, you know, we believe there's more than just making money, right? You have to want to create an impact for your tribe and then we'll help you all day long. Like no problem, but if you're in it just for the money, like we are, just not your people. Like that, we don't want to surround ourselves with those kinds of people because then, guess what? You start to become those kinds of people.
2: And well, when you attract more and more, more in the audience, is like, oh, is this who they really work with? I right. mean, let people grow out somewhere else.
1: <laughs> yes. So no, I love that, and I know. People are listening and, and Corey already said, thanks so much for being here. I have to echo that. It's been a phenomenal conversation. And I know this is just the beginning of our connecting, but for people that are listening, they're like, I want to get involved with her. Where can they go? How can they find you?
2: Well, I always like to stack the wins before someone ever, you know, wants to try. To... I was going to say something really weird and I like happened to catch it. Usually I don't. And I was like, we're not going to do that. I <laughs> like to stack the done. wins. That <laughs> was like, Really solid filtering. I mean, it was, it was oh, good.
1: Watch, like, yeah. If you're watching on YouTube, you saw it. It was good.
2: <laughs> oh, it's like, oh, hold on. Let me not say that. Right. It was just not going to paint a good color. Anyway. So if people, I like to stack the wins before people ever, I was going to say it again, ever mm-hmm. want to like engage with me in any kind of way, shape or form. So, uh, yeah, anyway. So, basically, what I want to provide is like, is there any editing? I usually don't edit myself. No, no,
0: no. You're kind of, this is it. This if is it. Right that, like that cough that Ron and you had earlier. We'll probably yeah. edit those We'll out. probably take that out, but that's about it. We don't edit them.
2: Uh, uh, all right. So, <laughs> where I want you to go is go check it out, go see if. You know, I am everything that it's I'm talking about. So at fullybook.co, what you get is instant access, access to a three-part training series. And what I give you access to is one, how to generate and structure your hour of Legion a day. That's what I ask people to do, to build a system and to maintain it in an hour or lesser day. Now, so I show you all about how to structure that. What are the activities that go into doing those Legion activities? The second thing I provide you is you're already connected to your next 100K. Meaning, without adding a single new person to your pipeline, you are probably already connected to $100,000. And I don't mean it has to happen in the next year or two or 10. It can happen in the next quarter, the next month, the next week. That's on you, right? But here, and it depends on your offer, right? So if you've got a $1,000 offer, you know, you sell 100, that's not impossible math. Mm-hmm. So anyway, and you're connected to more than 100 people, right? So that's why we look at the quality over the quantity. And so this is social media swipe that you can leverage right now to help some of those people raise their hands to want to work with you. And so what is that content, right, that you're helping to put out there that helps people raise their hand? Because we want to be strategic with our content because it's how we have thousands of conversations a day without ever having to always open up our Zoom link. Right. So and that's a whole other area that I talk about in terms of the four P's that go into that. All right. And then the third piece is actually my close script. It's the one that I use. It's one that my clients use. And it's how we have 80 to 90% close rate. And remember, these are templates. You have to infuse your personality, who you are, and how you show up in the world. If you read off the things that are there, first of all, there's brackets. So if you copy and paste and says, insert pain point here, people are going to (laughs) know.
1: We cannot say that. Right? Pro tip.
2: tip. (laughs) Let's not do that. But we look at how do we use the structure? To create the momentum, because a lot of times what people are doing is they're creating movement in their business. Sure, you're keeping busy, you're doing things, I get it. But is it creating the momentum that you're wanting in your business? And if it's not, then you're probably making it harder than it needs to be. So you can check it out, fullybooked.ceo.
0: Well, I just subscribed, so we'll see. Maybe that, maybe Ron and I can do a recap of the, yes. the training. We after we go
2: through the We'll
0: go simply do it. we'll we'll check it out. So thanks so much again, Kat. It's been fun. And, you know, we'll give a public shout out to Chris Baden because I'm pretty sure he's the one that connected us to have this conversation Uh the First Plate. So anyway, again, thanks. And we'll be talking soon. I, I have a feeling. Thanks for coming. We appreciate it. All right, Ron, we've got a couple takeaways. I know we are both feverishly taking notes today. So, you know, I hope you have one or two to share. Cause if you don't, I got you, I got you covered. I
1: got some heavy ones. So I was going back and forth if I was gonna do heavy or not, but I'm gonna. You have to live up to your own expectations, not other people's expectations. Right. And that's that's hard, especially if you're going to the wrong people for advice, like she was talking about, right? Like if you're going to your parents or you know, you and I, like we're we're blessed that we have spouses that support us, right? And that was one of the conversations we had before we decided to say, honey, I know you like eating and and like living in a house. I'm gonna quit my job. What do you think? Right. So we had to set the expectations of what it's gonna be. And I said, the worst thing that can happen, the worst thing is I have to go find another job. That's the worst thing. It's not like I'm gonna make it so you have to eat cardboard. Like we'll be okay. Like we're gonna be good. The other piece, gosh, I'm going back and forth here. I'm going back and forth. Instant, you gotta choose, gotta choose. You're enough. You're enough where you are right now you're enough to get started to do what you're called to do believe in yourself because you're enough and then when you get to the next stage of your life guess what you're going to have all those same feelings but you're still enough because you're now ready to take that next step you're enough
0: you know i think with those two heavy ones like i I feel like a minor two surface i can't even share them i don't know but at the end of the day you and i believe fully in we get on a Zoom call as often as, as necessary. If a client needs us, they get a hold of us, right? Like we, uh, and specifically you, we've been told that we're too accessible to everybody. But at the end of the day, I answer emails at weird times of the day. But we do that for a reason, right? Like right. We, we want to take care of our clients. We expect them to give us referrals because of how we take care of them, right? right. And so if you just go back to the Connect, converse and close and even the other piece to that which is you know another one-liner from from Cat talking about the weather to whether you're working together right like I love that those that's, things she has cool things to say I know like, like that's a whole other thing we could do a show on Cat's one-liners but yes. having the ability to have real conversations mm-hmm. right having the ability to have real conversations and and that's why we get on as as many calls as, as we can because we don't have the cookie cutter like oh this is it's always $500. Like, uh, yeah, you can go to get HHM.com for slash editing and see our editing package. Simple is, you know, what, 397 or something like that. But like everything else, when we talk about all the things we do for the podcast world, it's it's specific to that client. It's specific to their needs because we have real conversations and we can figure out exactly what they need that fits in with what we can solve, what problem we can solve for them. So I, I hope everyone can hear that. Find a way to be real and connect with people. And, and then as Kat was talking, you'll be able to close before you ever get to the close, right? Mm-hmm. So, all right, that's all I got today. That's uh, I hope everyone out there knows what a pleasure it was to talk to Kat. And because of that, they're going to need to go check out a YouTube channel before me because I've yet to do it, right? So you all got to go to Kat's YouTube and find her, watch her. Or if you can be like me, you can go to Revenue Accelerator on the podcast platform and listen. And uh, you know, there's some good stuff out there. So, all right, everyone, thank you so much for listening. And uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Did you know that Hindsight Hacking Media Agency, we do all things podcast from launch. If you're already doing 10,000 downloads in a week, we handle everything. All you have to do, record it and forget it.
2: Guys, if you're launching a podcast, get with these guys. I could not honestly hit the charts without them. I'm not
0: getting paid for this,
1: but working with both of you, the professionalism and the system that you guys had to launch the podcast, you guys killed it. We want to help the impactors create an impact by just letting you be you and not worry about all this other crazy stuff. Connect with us, all the links will be in the show notes. See you next time, go create an impact.